It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, America. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. No worse for the wear, but I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. This program is live. This is the horn. Head on dot live is where you go to if you'd like to uh, join us in the chat room for the oh god the nick ups really. Uh, join us in the chat room for the uh, wild wacky. Multimedia madcap extravaganza that is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast, wherever you get it from, whatever platform. We try to make it available. Brother Deacon Asa does over at HeadOn.Live and whatever platform you might be listening on. Like it. Please leave a comment. Share it. Subscribe. And that way the program can uh, get a little bigger. The conversation can get a little broader. Um, And uh, we will uh, have a greater pool from which to uh, pull our commentary and uh, this is a special message to Brother Deacon Asa, apparently. Uh, and this is why I, I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, Brother Deacon Asa thought I was taking the evening off, and I thought I was working this evening. And so he had to get off so I could get on, and hence the uh, hence the delay. But, uh, wow, some assholes found our, uh, uh, found our, uh, I guess our mail server or whatever, because uh, I've been reading emails written in Cyrillic pretty much all day long, but we'll get to that later, I guess. Uh, Hi, I'm Robin. It is the second day of February. This program, like I said, is live. It's the second day of February, 2023, and uh, that means it's Thorn in the Side Thursday. And every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So consequently, we say thank you to our second day of the month subscribers. 
thank you. Uh, uh, thank you to David. Thank you, David, in Oregon. And uh, oh, thanks to Kat for following through on the challenge. Thank you, Elizabeth. And thank you to Cecilia. Thanks so much. So, uh, with yesterday's challenge having been met, all we've got is our regular $300 to raise, uh, as if, and, and, and thus there is no deficit, just uh, just today. That's all. 10 at 30, 30 at 10, 1 at 300, 2 at 150, 3 at 100, yeah, 6 at 50, 12 at 25, etc., etc., etc. And if you were listening yesterday... You know that I had a little bit of misgiving about where I was going today. I shouldn't have. Sure, sure, the uh, uh, the repulsive, repugnant, uh, sickening Republicans were present. But, well, let's put it this way. I got to take a look into the future of my state, which I love so very much. And I am here and happy to say that the future of West Virginia is queer as fuck. <laughs> and that's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing. Um, it's neat. I, you know, I, I don't interact with a lot of a lot of a lot of people from the community um, here. Um, we see each other here and there. But today, people from the LGBTQ, QQIA plus community and cisgender and straight allies came from all over the state of West Virginia to pack the chambers of the West Virginia House of Delegates and push back as hard as they possibly could against this hateful bill that would basically drive children towards suicide and away from their own happiness and authenticity. It was amazing to see. I think I was probably the oldest trans person in the room, and the youngest was 12. And we we both went to the podium and Raised a little hell. And in between, there was something like maybe nearly a hundred other voices that were heard. We had uh, a minute each. And it turns out you can pack a lot of wallop into a, into a, a single minute. But if I ever had doubt, and I didn't, and I don't. The young people I met today are so worth fighting for. So worth giving everything for. And they said with one voice that they will not meekly be attacked as they are being. 
Out of all the people who stood to speak, there was one lone weirdo freak. Spot him from a mile away. Of course, he was a cishet white guy who went to the podium and said, If a kid went to the doctor and said, I feel like a one-armed person, should the doctor cut that uh, cut, cut that child's arm off? They're doing it, y'all. They're doing these surgeries on minor children. And this, you know, this guy, oh, well, maybe he was 21. Total, total down the rabbit hole asshat. He was even he was even using the stupid examples that I've heard brooded about uh, by the likes of you know the Manosphere, Joe Rogaine, little Benny Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby Shapiro. Matt Walsh, testicle toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson. Nothing original to say. And he said, and y'all, this is a red state, and we need to behave like it. I was just overwhelmed by the notion that, well, it was rather Shakespearean, actually. Methinks he doth protest too much. Eh, he'll probably be out in a stunning little cocktail frock in another couple of years, apologizing. Transphobia can often be found in trans people themselves. It's part of the it's part of the uh, the, the inherent self-loathing that comes with the process sometimes. And I had a note. And I'm going to, the person who sent the note um, will know who they are. Um, Kyle says, uh, good, I'm glad to see that young people are pushing back for our community, especially cis people, because I've been lacking in hope lately. Thank you for talking about this, Robin. Uh, Kyle, um I'm going to go ahead and share what you wrote earlier today. I hope it'll be all right. I haven't commented much, Kyle says, on the ongoing legislative genocide against trans people, but with you-know-who saying being trans should be illegal and calling for an outright genocide, I've reached my breaking point. As a closeted trans woman who has been living a fake life as the male I was assigned or assumed for all of my 33-plus years on this earth, I'm now even more scared than I already was to not only come out and try to live my authentic life, but of what is going to happen to our community. I don't know where we go from here, but I can't see it getting better. Maybe I'm just ranting. I don't know. But I feel like I've seen this movie before, and I know how it ends. Sorry to be a little ray of fucking sunshine so early in the day, because oh, that came through at like 2 p.m. as I was uh, you know, heading home. I get that. And I know that feeling. But there was there was hope on display, and, and we sort of milled around in the area outside the uh, house chambers afterward, and I met some more of the people who had spoken, and oh, it was it was wonderful. Um, I was told that the college campuses at both Morgantown, you know, my alma mater, WVU, and Marshall down in Huntington, 
uh, were just, and, and this was the word, queer, 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 queer. And it did my heart good. And I met young non-binary people, young trans guys, young trans women. And whatever the, whatever the differences might exist between, between them, there was a sense of common purpose and dedication that could not be denied. More than once or twice I heard, we're queer, we're here, get over it. Looks like that chant's coming back. I resisted the urge because time was so short. If I'd had more time, I would have. And maybe, uh, you know, I told, I told the people who organized this, if this happens again, call me, I'll be right back. Um, I told them, I wanted to t- say, listen, we exist maybe at 1 or 2% of the entire population. And given that uh, there is more than 100 Republicans in this uh, House and Senate, somebody here has a deep, dark secret, very likely. We see you. You're valid. Because, frankly, if you get if you get these Republicans wondering about each other, is it him? I don't know. He styles it. He keeps that beard pretty well trimmed, doesn't he? Maybe it's him. Yeah, he's uh, really careful with that knot, his necktie knot, isn't he? Almost fussy. Maybe it's him. Well, it'd be fun to kind of watch them tear each other to pieces. So, in fact, there was a a young man who uh, offered his comments up. He's a new hire at um, Fairness West Virginia, which is the state's leading LGBTQ rights organization. And he had been in the House of Delegates for about five years until he just came out as gay. Just gay, that's all. Um, and he said, as a conservative and a Republican, I'm here to tell you this bill is wrong. Well, there's a, bless his heart, there's a reason he's not in the House of Delegates anymore. He's a Republican. You can't be a Republican in the West Virginia House of Delegates and not be super straight. That's okay. There's a hundred... Senators and delegates in there, and hmm. Well, one of them lead, needs all ten fingers and all ten toes just to keep the closet door closed, as the, the truckers sing in one of my favorite of their songs, Zip City. At thank you, we are often running and getting started uh, fundraising wise. Oh, I misspoke. No, we've got 300 bucks. And, well, let's get it. That's enough of me. Let's get, uh, let's get going on what actually matters today. I know, Kyle, opportunity missed. I will not let that opportunity pass me twice. But there were just so... Uh, there was so little time.
Where to begin? Well, the jihad against Ilhan Omar has been accomplished. McCarthyism in the House. McCarthyism is in the House is not a motto I think these Republicans want to wear, but for all I think that's all the reason in the world we need to make sure that they do wear it. And it is. Uh, today they booted Ilhan Omar from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Remember, Ilhan Omar is a Somali immigrant. And she sat uh, within within uh, foreign affairs. She sat on the African Relations Subcommittee. Curiously, the only African present on the African Relations Subcommittee. But that still wasn't enough, because she was perceived to have said something unacceptable about Israel. Even though, when she did say something unacceptable about Israel. Uh, A resolution was passed condemning her remarks. And she later actually went about the business of trying to learn why her her words were offensive and went on to apologize for them. Now, to the best of my knowledge, Marginal Trailer Queen never apologized for her Jewish space lasers comment. And I feel certain that between the two... Uh, the Jewish community would feel more comfortable with Ilhan Omar than they ever should with Marginal Trailer Queen, because after all, remember, Marginal Trailer Queen uh, is one of these millennial Christians. You know, one of the ones who believe that Jews exist for the purpose of giving her an opportunity to gig them if they don't bow the knee to Jesus Christ when he comes back on that great getting up morning. And then, of course, uh, in the cor- in, in the course of the debate, why, lo and behold, there's uh, there's Matt. It just gates worse, saying the quiet part out loud and putting putting the lie to everything that Republicans tried to say about why they were having to get Ilhan Omar off the Foreign Affairs Committee. Final note before we go, just moments ago, the House of Representatives voted to strip Ilhan Omar from her committee assignment to the Foreign Affairs Committee. I voted with the majority on that matter, but I can't say that it was the best feeling in the world to look at speech as some sort of threshold for someone's participation in the political process. Frankly, if Ilhan Omar hadn't voted against Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar, I might have viewed things differently. But she voted against folks who had done nothing wrong and did not deserve to be removed from her committees. And maybe the only way we get past this and stop this tit-for-tat is to once and for all end it. So So it was about Marginal Trailer Queen and Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert. Just checking. But then again, Marginal Trailer Queen, well, it's, again... She played she played ball deep in the in the anti-Semitic weeds of tropes that are so loud they can be heard on Mars when they're deployed. And, well, Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, manifested a desire to 
murder Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, neither of which things Ilhan Omar ever got anywhere near to doing. I voted with the Speaker. I believe Speaker McCarthy deserved deference on this matter. But know this. But I'm still going to fuck him later. My, my, my viewers, my friends, my supporters, those of you who participate in our podcast project, if the way this works, by rhythm, whenever the House of Representatives change hands, there's this implicit requirement that the new majority go and zap members of the other side. Uh, he knows if the Democrats ever get, uh, get power back, he's fucked. That's what he's saying here. Because of their speech? Well, I mean, I'm going to be the one they come for. I'm going to uh-huh. say something edgy or not a no, no, no sweetheart uh, you wanted a pardon after january the 6th because you're a terrorist actually the time for screwing around is past what we really really need well we need a two-thirds majority in the house of representatives so that we can start voting these MFers out, out of Congress entirely, once and for all. I mean, does, uh, seriously, does the Congress of the United States, the House of Representatives, is it is it best served by having? Matt, it just gets worse on any in, in, in any portion of its deliberations, or marginal trailer queen, or Lauren Bobblehead Boobert. Defraud, remember from yesterday? Defraud. Uh huh. Now you get a two-thirds majority in there, you can start saying bye-bye to some of these assholes. Aligned with the dogma of the day in the Armed Services Committee or the Judiciary Committee, and they'll say, oh, Gates is promoting gun violence because he believes in the Second Amendment. No, Gates is promoting gun violence because Gates supports gun violence. Oh, you know, because Gates doesn't want wokeness in the military, he's advancing anti-trans tropes. Well, you are a transphobic piece of shit now that you you mention it, but I'm high. You know what? You don't get to pick the lineup of the other team. The Democrats made that mistake on the January 6th committee. <laughs> you lying sack of shit. Sorry, I'm a little, a little wordy this afternoon, but... Mm. The January 6th committee was a matter of huh, the Republicans deciding they refused to play, both on the House and the Senate side. Nobody picked anything for them. Nancy Pelosi told them that they couldn't have insurrectionists on the panel because that would sort of defeat the purpose. (laughs) Exactly. Kyle says, you're protesting too much, Gates. They made that mistake vis-a-vis Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar, and my hope is that this is the end of it. So while Ilhan Omar says things that I find detestable, that I totally disagree with, I didn't vote against her because of her speech. I voted against her because she engaged in this effort to deplatform my friends Paul Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And there you have it. He didn't even have a, he admits he didn't have a leg to stand on, but 
since he is now the head, he's the you know he's the Cassius has a lean and hungry look guy in this poorly poorly cast production of Julius Caesar with Kevers in the role of Caesar. No, uh, he, he he. There's a lot of people. Like, well, how come you voted with Kevin McCarthy since you don't like Kevin McCarthy so much? I thought you was going to be a stand-up guy. And so he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. I'm still tough. I'm still I'm 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 I'm, I'm still badass. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna shift Kevin McCarthy at the first possible instant. Keep sending money, please. Hey. <laughs> uh, Darlene in Connecticut says, okay, I don't see why her words were offensive. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Never struck me as offensive. I still don't know why it is. It is actually a line in a rap song. Can we stop buying into that bullshit canard thrown by Republicans in the first place? She apologized, Darlene says, for no reason in my book. I'm sorry if I'm missing something here, but this goes back to Democrats being ready to pile onto and squash to a pulp their own members and even their own voters at times when the transgressions pale in comparison to what the Republicans do and or before there is even due process. What happened to Al Franken in the other chamber leaps to mind right about now. Well, sure it does. Uh, It's all about the Benjamin's baby. Refers, of course, to Benjamin Franklin being on the $100 bill. And it was understood in some circles as being uh, a reference to the old and sickening trope that Jews only care about money. Which, interesting, interestingly, was actually far more in evidence when Marginal Trailer Queen brought up the Jewish space lasers. Now, that's a shorthand term. She never actually said Jewish space lasers. She said the forest fires, the the wildfires in California were maybe caused by lasers in space that started the fires in order to drive down property prices. So the Rothschilds were Jewish. Saying Rothschild is right up there with saying Soros. It's an, it's it's just another way of yelling, Jew! The Jews! Right? <sighs> but she was, she was also talking in conjunction with the remarks initially were made about uh, APAC, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, which is toxic. And that didn't sit well with a lot of Democratic members who take no small amount of APAC money. Oops. Meanwhile, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, well, she she remind, reminds me of uh, that line, I saw written on a restroom wall months ago. Well-behaved women seldom make history. And she nailed the Republicans to the wall. Bless her heart. 
as also as a fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life, and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of oh, trust and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. Woo. Go, girl. You know, that felt kind of good. Her raising that kind of hell. And then there's a... Uh, there's... Uh, Dean Phillips, a Democrat from Minnesota, who also made it very much about, well, marginal trailer queen. The gentleman from Mississippi reserves. The gentlewoman from Pennsylvania uh, is recognized. I now yield three minutes to Representative De Dean Phillips of Minnesota, also a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. The gentleman is recognized for three minutes. Thank you. Ilhan Omar and I are products of remarkably different life experiences. Hers began by fleeing civil war in Somalia before immigrating to the United States after four years in a Kenyan refugee camp, an experience that few, if any of us, in this room could possibly imagine. My family came to America a century before hers, seeking the same safety, security, and opportunity as they fled Russian pogroms targeting Jewish people in Eastern Europe. Dean Phillips and my is life began by losing my father in the Vietnam War, an American tragedy that may well have been prevented had this very chamber been filled with more voices like Ilhan Omar's. Now, don't get me wrong. Representative Omar and I regularly disagree on policy, both domestic and foreign. And she has at times used words that have caused concern, offense, and even personal pain to me and others. She and I have spoken face to face on those occasions, and she has apologized, and she continues to learn from those missteps. Furthermore, she has never posted a video depicting herself decapitating and killing fellow members of Congress. She doesn't question whether a plane really smashed in to the Pentagon on 9-11. She does not wonder if school shootings in America are staged. She has not propagated the absurd notion that space lasers financed by the Rothschild family are the cause of wildfires in California. She has never equated vaccine mandates with Adolf Hitler. And she has never, ever expressed support for executing leaders of the United States Congress. Now, being a conspiracy theorist alone is not grounds for removal from committees. I'll admit that. But depicting violence or supporting violence against fellow members of Congress is grounds for removal. 
being it a Democrat or a Republican. But no one, no one has accused Representative Omar of depicting or supporting violence against anyone in this chamber. So why will 90% of Jewish members of the United States House of Representatives vote to maintain her committee assignment? Quite simply, because we believe in the human capacity to learn from mistakes, to make amends, and that atonement should be rewarded, not punished. We also believe that the most dangerous acts by elected officials in a democracy are to silence voices of dissent, even those with which we fundamentally disagree. And that's what this is about, silencing and canceling. How ironic. Furthermore, this is the very weaponization of anti-Semitism that I, as a Jewish person, find repulsive, I find dangerous, and above else, shameful. Yes, shameful. So to my friends across the aisle, if you really, if you really are sincere about defeating anti-Semitism in America, how about ask us? How about ask us what we need? And let me assure you, you might be surprised by the answer. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. The gentleman. You're not wrong. He's not wrong. I know, Kyle. It, it, you know, you're asking. You're, you're, it's like you're. It's like you're in my head, and previewing what's yet to come. Kyle says, "How do people vote for Republicans?" I mean, seriously. Well, this morning, as I walked into the state capitol, and I get all, I get all historical-ish when I do that, because I have spent some time in that building, not, not as an elected member thereof, but I have, and down the halls of the capitol are all these paintings of all these men. And you can tell the era from which they came based upon how they are dressed. And with very little exception, every one of those men has at one time or another done something awful to the people of this state in, 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 in deference to or benefit of People who had little or no connection here. I think about the... And, and one of the speakers here today said, this house is haunted. And they were right. And went on to mention the oppression of workers that has been stock in trade for so many legislatures as they have met in West Virginia. More recently, the assault on the privacy rights of people to determine whether or not they wish to become pregnant. Assaults on the, you know, we're the mountain state for Christ's sakes, and the very assault on the mountains that make our name. They went on to say the reason you're doing this is because this is an easy flex for you. You'd rather bully children than deal with the real crises in this state.
And that's true. But as I walk, it's it's a big building. It's a beautiful building. It was built in the Depression era with a ton of federal money. And it was beautifully built. You know, the steps are of marble. And the, you can see the Depression era architecture uh, in the in the uh, uh, frosted glass panes, in the heart, in the, in the solid wood frame doors, and the brass doorknobs. You can tell that the elevators were modified from once upon a time being actually operated by human beings instead of pushing a button and hoping for the best. And the building, though, is small enough that when <laughs> long there's a cafeteria in the basement. You knew there was going to be some food porn here, didn't you? And you could smell it the minute you walked in, and their, their gravy's kind of legendary. No time for such shenanigans as that. But then I made my way up to the second floor. Um to where people were gathered in the ro- around the rotunda and the caterers had set up. It was Preston County, West Virginia Day in the in, in the West Virginia State Legislature. And Lord, uh, they were, they were, the hillbillies was lined up as far as the eye could see. Not really, but there were a lot of hillbillies. It was Preston County Day, so it was probably Preston County hillbillies. Preston County is immediately to the east of Montegalia County, where my alma mater, Harvard on the Mon, uh, resides is situated and they were lined up there with their little foam plates in their hands waiting for the home fries and the scrambled eggs and the gravy and the biscuits were cat heads I mean they, they went all out that's what they did but being there for the purpose I was there I couldn't help looking at all the people standing in line for their biscuits and gravy. The gravy's good on the taters, too. And wonder how many of them had voted for people who just want people like me dead. Yeah. Because I knew that number was real. I knew that my very existence was not acceptable to a lot of those good, God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, Christian Republicans. And in that moment, in responding to what Kyle said, how do people vote for Republicans... Well, since there was talk on the floor of the House of Representatives in D.C. today about the scourge of anti-Semitism, and it is a scourge, and it is a renewed scourge in this country, the reinvigorated impulse of fascism and Nazism in this country has two primary hatreds as it always has 
gender non-conforming, gender creative folk, and the Jews. Imagine what it must be like to be trans and Jewish. That's a double whammy. But in that moment, with the delightful <laughs> with those biscuits and gravy, damn it, it's all carbs. Huh? I can't help it. This, but it makes my brain work better. Not the eating, the thinking. I was reminded of a phrase coined by Hannah Arendt. And that phrase is the banality of evil. That things like the Holocaust don't happen. I mean, they do, but they are not primarily driven by the truly evil men at the heads of these movements. They are driven by the people who quietly go along with them and support them in power. I am frankly more worried um, about a homeschool network of in excess of 2,000 parents who are teaching their children to be Nazis because they don't want them going to school with them other people. Probably use phrases like mud people. and the various epithets we use to de- describe members of the LGBTQQIA plus community or people who are Jewish. I'm more worried about them than I am marginal trailer queen. And, mer- and maybe I'm wrong in that. Maybe my worry is misplaced. But it strikes me that a network of in excess of 2,000 parents, which extrapolates to maybe twice or three times as many children, is of far greater concern than a babbling twit like Marginal Trailer Queen or Lauren Bobblehead Boobert. or Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, or Andy Biggs, or Matt Gates, Because for all the goodness and hope that I saw today and I know exists in other states, I was talking to, I was talking to my sister Terry uh, about this on the way back, and I said it was inspiring to see that we absolutely packed that house chamber. And she said, oh, yeah, we pack it in Alabama, too. And they pack it in Tennessee. And they pack the room in Arkansas. And they pack the room in Florida. And they pack the room in South Carolina. But it comes to naught. Because these hateful people are going to do the hateful things that hateful people do. And they know they have the approval of the people who sent them there to do it. Even though 
Those numbers are tiny. Especially in a state like West Virginia that isn't that populous. You know, there's maybe 1.6 million of us all told, and a lot of those are too young to vote. But not too young to be political punching bags. I mean, that's a that that's a that is a fetus fetishizing uh, gang there in Charleston. If you ever saw one, but they're they're demonstrating again and again and again that the postborn children don't matter one good goddamn to them. And that's where they are, and that's and, and the question for me arises. And again, it, it it comes back to messaging, and are we doing? Are we getting our job done? How do we keep Star Spangled awesomely losing so awesomely in places like West Virginia? You know that young piss ant saying, "This is a red state." Well, yeah, it is right now, and you know, once upon a time, it was what we would have called blood red say, from 1890 to 1930. Democrats were a distinct minority. My grandfather was a Democrat. His daughter, my mother, was a Democrat. His wife, my grandmother, was a Democrat. Not because they just blindly did uh, did the did the bidding of well, yeah, I'm going to be whatever my daddy was, which is how Republicans are made, by the way. They are some straight ticket voting sons of bitches. But they were Democrats because they understood what the Republicans had done to them. And you do not reward someone who constantly hurts you by further empowering them. And so the question that arises then is how do we change that dynamic? Well, for starters, you got to get people voting. And on more than one occasion this morning, I heard young people stand up and say, we're old enough to vote now, and we're going to do everything in our power to get rid of you. And I hope that they don't become jaded, and I hope that they don't become disheartened. Because it takes more than one election cycle. And, well, in a state like this, West Virginia is going to be a long time coming back. The Democrats and, and, demo, and democracy generally are going to be a long time coming back from the wilderness. And I'm still trying to figure out whether I want to be part of that effort. I think I do. And that's another that's that's another thing that was being talked about a little bit here and there this morning was that SB 252 because this was this was HB 2007 the trans health care ban bill 
but sitting over in the Judiciary Committee in the Senate of the state of West Virginia is still a bill that would have made felons out of the vast majority of the people who were in that room today. And that's still a hell of a thing to contemplate. And it kind of makes you want to... Believe me, I understand the flight impulse because, well, a lot of you heard the program from two Wednesdays back, and I felt like it was time to pack bags. But somebody has to fight. And I'm a, I, I, reckon, I reckon I'm as... good for at least some portion of that task as anyone. But that's here. The question is elsewhere. The question is registering voters and getting them to the polls in South Carolina stand, in Alabama stand, in Mississippi stand, in Florida stand. You know, a lot of the people who gave Ron Monkey up DeClantis his landslide re-election probably won't be alive four years from now because it's Florida. There's no place that, organi- that, that, that organizing get-out-the-vote efforts are not valuable. And the candidates aren't necessarily going to look like uh, candidates that, you, that, that we would ordinarily say, yeah, that's kind of... Democrats are going to take different forms in different places. If there's ever a viable Democratic candidate for more than one district in the state of Alabama, that person will probably have a gun on their hip. Or, you know, use that old tired language about abortion that it should be safe, legal, and rare. In a way, that's kind of how we got here. But the, the point is, we can't go on and on. You know, Lincoln said a house divided against itself cannot stand. And we can't go on and on and on with 218 to two, or 217 to 212 majorities either way. At some point in time, if we hope to fix what's wrong in this country, we have to have a substantial, sizable majority that can overwhelm the other side and reduce them to the ignominy that they so richly deserve. Well, that would be a very... I didn't realize that, Stephen, New York... uh, pointing out, non-muggle-born. It always struck me that the acolytes of Voldemort called themselves mixed-blooded wizards, one muggle, one magic-born parent, mudbloods. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, Joanne Rowling had leveraged some Nazi language. God, what a horror she is, but don't get me started. But in the in, in, in the end, if we are going to if we're, we've got to make some inroads in the South. 
a lot of years ago, there was a really frustrating book called Whistling Past Dixie, how Democrats can can, can succeed without the South. And it always irritated me because it just decided it, it just took as written the idea that the southern part of the United States is simply not worth the effort. And that good and decent people who live in those states are not worth the effort. And I don't know, maybe that we don't like it there, we'll maybe just move to a good state. Because everybody can just do that. You know, I get the idea that it's actually good for me to get out of the house once in a while. And, of course, it's not just uh, West Virginia today. As I'm sure Haley already knows, the House of Representatives in Arkansas has... Uh, passed a bill that would force trans students to use a particular restroom, no matter how dangerous that is for them. And it's apparently not okay in Arkansas now to just have a single-use restroom. They have to be... Multiple occupancy restrooms or changing areas that correspond to the student's sex as identified on his or her original birth certificate issued at or near the time of his or her birth. So now it's not okay, I guess, for the poor little trans kid to go to the potty in the Faculty Lounge, representing Mary Bentley, sponsored the bill. And she said, it simply requires our schools to set up a policy where the boys go to the boys' bathroom, the girls go to the girls' bathroom. And, of course, trans boys aren't boys and trans girls aren't girls. Just saying. And never mind if it outs kids or causes them to commit suicide or anything like that. Um, Stephen New York said, it strikes me a slim majority is like having uh, sails fully furled with a dropped anchor. Yeah, not going anywhere anytime soon. And adds, Doug Jones, I understand that this was really an anomaly, but doesn't this tell us that those inroads are at least possible? Yeah, they are. And they tell us what kind of electoral action is needed in order to make a Duck Jones possible. You've got to have massive efforts. Of course, Doug Jones was also a Senate seat, which meant that it was a statewide election. Uh, who was it the other, uh, the other night that sent me... Jim Jacketoff, Jordan's District in Ohio. It, it, go look at that thing. It looks like something you'd ordinarily only see under a microscope slide. 
there's no way that that bears any resemblance whatsoever to actual nonpartisan dynamics of, of setting up a congressional district. And, of course, if you followed it, Ohio's failure to redistrict itself appropriately is one of the great nose-thumbings of modern history uh, toward the idea that congressional districts should be drawn without partisan politics in mind. That districts should, in fact, be competitive. Somehow or another, uh, Ohio managed to draw up uh, district maps where the Republican districts weren't competitive, but the Democratic districts were. I'm sure that's just entirely happenstance. Yeah, okay, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, a member of the fraternity of Steve standing up for another member of the fraternity of Steve's. It was Steve from Georgistan who sent me the Jim Jacket off Jordan map. Thank you. Thank you, Steve, and thank you, Steve. So I think, you know, the the way is clear, if not easy. If we ever want to have a functioning House of Representatives and protect the rights of people, it's only going to happen if we make Republicans a rarity. And a classic case of that is the funeral for Tyree Nichols. At his funeral, there were renewed calls for passage of the George Floyd Act. And that there will be legislation introduced bearing Tyree Nichols' name to try to rein in the excesses of lynch mob police. Oh, and by the way, in regard to Tyree Nichols, turns out I'm, uh, I was right. As we experienced that video this past Friday, I kept noting that doesn't seem like we're uh, seeing everything. And now, according to prosecuting attorneys on the case, up to 20 hours of video exists that has never been released. Including audio at the beginning, uh, or rather, uh, 
audio at the uh, after the after the lynching and after the ambulance was finally allowed to take Tyree Nichols to the hospital. Some damning commentary from the lynch mob cops. I'm going to keep saying lynch mob cops until it catches on. Just like we just like we we say terrorists on January 6th. Not as an act of propaganda, but as a matter of accurate language. It was a lynch mob and they were cops. And so even as we were experiencing the video and the audio, and I come to to say all of it, the thing is, county prosecutor there in Shelby County, Tennessee, Stephen Mulroy, interviewed by CNN, said, uh, I don't know if we're ever going to release that. That's the city of Memphis' business and its police department. And by the way, uh, we now know it was the Hickory Hill neighborhood of Memphis where the cop lynching took place. Allegedly, the allegations were reckless driving, but there's there's no statute that allows the police to beat you to fucking death for reckless driving. The one cop pointing his gun at Tyree Nichols while another one is screaming, You're going to get your ass blown the fuck out! And the uh, article that I'm looking at points out that multiple officers immediately converged on the 29-year-old, all of them shouting contradictory orders before the violence begins. Of course, if you were listening to that Friday episode of the program, you know that I pointed out that that's exactly the purpose. The, the idea of shouting conflicting orders makes all of the orders uncompliable. It's kind of like religion in a way. There are a thousand different religions, and if you adhere to one of them, you're going to hell in 999 other ones. You can't win. A police report has been made public that said detectives noticed that the suspect Tyree Nichols was sweating profusely and irate when he exited the vehicle. Detectives gave verbal commands to stop resisting and then the suspect Tyree Nichols grabbed for Detective Martin's gun. It's simply not there. It's made up because everybody feeling cops lie
And it's still only the five officers, Tadarius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith, who are facing any level of culpability and responsibility for the cop lynching of Tyree Nichols. That can't be all the charges there potentially are. The fact that there's those five, and then there were 11 cops in the scene there from the pole cam milling around, keeping the ambulance and the EMS workers from getting to him. Sometimes a failure to act is a crime as well. And the fact that not one of those good cops did a damn thing to stop the bad cops sort of makes it clear that those weren't good cops. I hope as the protests continue in Memphis that they, that they will now include release all the video, all of it. Because the rumor mill has gone absolutely bananas, and there are things that I will not repeat that actually, maybe I already have, if I have, I apologize, but things that would not make sense but explain why a bunch of cops would beat the hell out of an unarmed civilian. And those, those, those threads need to be pulled and see how far they unravel. We hope. With the understanding that... Well, hope in one hand, right? And the rest of that. And of course, uh, in addition to don't be a motorist in Memphis, we have a new warning. Don't don't be a black man cleaning out the apartment of your dead grandmother. Caught this one? Uh, the place is Wyoming, Ohio, where a guy by the name of Joe Frazier, Jr., 28 years old, you know, Tyree Nichols was 29, was... Cleaning out the apartment of his grandmother after she had passed away. Wyoming, Ohio is just a little bit north of Cincinnati. It's got about 9,000 people in it. And the, uh, I guess the Hamilton County, Ohio Sheriff's Department got a tip from a concerned citizen that an apartment was being burgled.
at least that's the initial story. On the other hand, Joe Frazier Jr.'s family says, no, he was cleaning out his grandma's apartment after she passed away. And so now the cops there in Hamilton County, Ohio, say that, uh, well, the video will be released on Friday. Probably at close of business. Now, in the press release, the cops say that they were responding to a 911 call. It turns out the call was not made to 911. It was made to a non-emergency number and then routed to general dispatch. So when the rollers showed up, they saw uh, Joe Frazier Jr. and his daddy at the back of the building. And that, where have we heard this before? Joe Frazier Jr. refused to follow commands. Which commands? How many of them? How many of them were in conflict? thus making them impossible to comply with. The cops then say that he got in a minivan and tried to flee the scene. And that the minivan almost struck an officer, at which point they began shooting. And somehow or another, even though they were shooting at a moving vehicle, managed to get a bullet right through the head of, Je- of Joe Frazier Jr. there in Wyoming, Ohio. His mama, Lisa Fisher, said, I want answers from them. I want the body cam and everything. They held a small protest in front of the Wyoming PD yesterday calling for the video to be released and for justice to be done. Joe Frazier Jr. had a brother also named Joe Frazier Jr. who said, I want to know why they killed my brother. I want to see the video. My brother was a father, a brother, a son, a family member, a loving friend. Please help me get justice for my brother. Please help me. Please help me. And Joe Frazier Jr.'s daddy, who was with him there cleaning out the grandmother's apartment, he said, I don't care what they say, that vehicle was not pointed at them. And then those banal little statements like, uh, Frazier was shot at least once in the head. He was transported to University of Cincinnati Medical Center where he died. Wonder how long it took him to transport him to University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Did it take 23 minutes for the ambulance to show up like it did with Tyree Nichols? Were emergency personnel kept from reaching the scene like Tyree Nichols? Yeah, don't be... uh... Don't be black and cleaning out your dead grandmother's apartment. It can be hazardous to your health. Really, really hazardous. 
Well, exactly. Exactly, Ralphs. Uh, hell hath no fury like a cop scorned. That rumor seems to have really made the made, uh, made the rounds. And of course, there's no there's really no way of knowing if we'll ever know the whole, you know, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And in a judicial system that's focused on finding the same, ah, that's worrisome. But in a little a little bit of good legal news, um, a lawsuit filed by John Huber who is the father of one of the two people that uh, young Herr Kyle Rottenhaus slew. Well, John Huber filed a lawsuit against uh, Rottenhaus, Waukesha uh, city officials, and police officers. And they all filed motions to dismiss the case, and U.S. District Judge Lynn Edelman said, "Uh uh-uh. The civil suit papers are notable insofar as the complaint says that Rottenhouse conspired with police officers to intentionally cause harm to the protesters who were marching in in, in, in protest of the shooting of Jacob Blake. This reminds me a little bit of the O.J. saga, you know, where O.J. OJ got got off on the uh, criminal charges, but it was the civil suit that did the real damage. Young Kyle Rottenhouse apparently has a boatload of money that was given to him by right-wing monstrosities. And I would like very much for John Huber to have that money. Judge Edelman went so far in her ruling as to say that Huber's death could plausibly be regarded as having been proximately caused by the actions of the government defendants. Huber's, uh, Huber was killed after Rittenhouse was running after he shot and killed his first victim in the parking lot of a car dealership, and Huber hit Rittenhouse with a skateboard to disarm him. After falling to the ground, Rittenhouse fatally shot Huber and wounded another protester, Gage Grosskreutz, who has also filed a civil lawsuit against Rittenhouse. It, but Rottenhouse really didn't want to participate in this suit. It took uh, private investigators and process servers over 100 hours to find him and serve him. They finally caught up with him at his sister's house. His pettifoggers said that uh, he, the suit should be dismissed because he wasn't properly served, and the judge uh, flushed that one down the toilet too.
It, by the way, young hair, Rotten House, has over a million followers on Twitter because I guess Elno Elno Muskox has a thing for homicidal young white boys. I'm going to the phone just in a second, but uh, take your kind of wins where you kind of get them. According to a report from the Daily Beast, the LAPD may have stopped another mass shooting, this one in in the Hollywood area. 25-year-old Braxton Johnson threatened a bunch of neighbors outside the Lumina Hollywood, which is a large apartment block. And those neighbors, in turn, reported their severe concerns about Braxton Johnson's mental health. The Daily Beast report continues, after obtaining a search warrant, officers say they found... Several high-powered rifles, shotguns, and handguns on the 18th floor of the complex leading to Johnson's arrest. LAPD said they believe he was in the, uh, in, the, in the process of planning a mass shooting. Lieutenant Leon Sopp of the LAPD said the suspect was located on the 18th floor of an apartment building with large windows with a view with a non-obstructed view of a public park downstairs and some of the rifles were pointed outside of the windows. They also confiscated a shotgun and camouflage body armor. The young man is now being held on a half million dollars bail. Could be that California's red flag laws have worked again. And I have huge thanks to send out. Such huge thanks. Uh, Thanks to Stephen in uh, Placerville. Thank you so much. Stephen just sponsored tonight's program. Well, they have a show on me. So thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough that we are two days into the new month and actually okay for funding. That's amazing. And I am profoundly grateful. So let's run over to the Skype line. Oh, it's Todd. Hey, Todd. Hey, lady, what's up? Oh, you know, just uh, hanging out. Rapping. Hanging out rappers. 1972 song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I haven't talked to you guys in a while. It's been a bit. You okay? Been all right? I'm all right. My schedule is different. There's, you know, stuff going on, but that's okay. Uh, stay upbeat, right? Or don't get beat down. I don't know how to say it. Ugh. Well, there was some of that. Um, there was some of that potential earlier today, but it wound up being a much more. I mean, I know how awful the situation is, but it, it, it wound up being inspiring. 
seeing all those young people saying hell no to a bunch of pasty-faced, doughy old assholes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Uh, I really uh, didn't... I didn't really call. I'll be like Scott. I didn't really call about the recent events with um, Tyree at all. But I, I, it really just reminds me that we should remember Pretoria, South Africa. Um, okay. I don't know if somebody already talked about this. Okay, because there's a connection. Now, just just to refresh everybody's memory, I know everybody knows this, so I'll be quiet real quick. Uh, Pretoria, South Africa, black folks would live out in what they call townships, which would be like a exurb, you know, way out away from the cities. A lot of times, the poor folks, a lot of times, and you know, the, the police force would go out and beat people down if there was any unrest with the ANC. Uh, you know, Mandela's organization. And, and a lot of times those are black cops. You know, in Pretoria, South Africa, those are black. They would send black policemen a lot of times out there. Um, you know, the research Stephen Biko, and he got, because he got in trouble for covering that. I know. I know what you, yeah. Okay. You could, okay. So yeah, feel free to speak on that because I don't want people. No, to no, no, that. no, no, no. You, no, no. Um, you know, they they preferred back then the apartheid regime preferred, preferred the optics of singing uh, of sending uh, black kneecappers and enforcers in to do the dirty work of apartheid, and there was no problem in finding people who were willing to do that. Just nope. as there were was no problem finding uh, capos. In Auschwitz and Birkenau and Bergen-Belsen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a thing. And see, that ties in with just the, in an academic sense. We have to remember that these folks are gang members. They are gang The biggest, members. baddest gang in town. And um, and don't let this, they didn't comply uh, nonsense. I don't want to hear that anymore. I mean, you can, and people can say that all they want, but that means nothing at this point. Because um, folks didn't comply on January 6th. And yet, they're alive. They're alive. One woman got shot, and and all hell broke loose. Who Uh, wouldn't have been shot had she not been participating in in a terrorist attack? She got into the inner sanctum just about. I I think she was right at the door of, uh, you know, where the business takes place. Uh, so I think we have to, we have to remember this and, um, I, I don't know what it takes because these guys apparently, 
But this is not, I mean, if you've ever lived in a city, there's always these, they call them, and I've heard people say, and it's true, they call the jump out boys a lot of times. And a lot of times they're built like that, and they're just like thugs. They're straight up thugs. But Well, I, 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 still, I, I still say in Memphis why there was not a talk screen on all, on, on all those guys is beyond me. Because even with the limited amount of footage that was released, how does that not look for all the world like roid rage? And I'm not trying to provide a defense. They came on like that. This, I mean, uh, maybe you can explain it to me because uh, when I only watched the video, the whole thing, two parts, I only watched it twice because I just I'd had enough. Uh, but it, it appeared to me that, that they didn't even give uh, the young man a chance to even exit the vehicle. They they dragged him out, as they often do. While they're giving you orders, they drag you out, you know, like, oh, you should have already done this, but you just told me. You just told me to get it. Can, can, I, can you give me a second? They, they dragged this little skinny ass out, you know. But yeah, they, and, and what, well, you brought up a good point because often, and we're going to find this is going to happen. They're going to drag, drag uh, Tyree's reputation. They're going to say, well, he had uh, you know something in his blood and it made him crazy and this and that. But they never, ever, 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 you never hear about. Well, what what did the killers? What did they have in their system? See, if they knew they were going to get tested every time they pull that trigger or beat somebody up, they might act differently. And I, I think now that we're talking, okay, I'm fleshing this out in my mind. I think that's a good place to start because that would be accountability. Well, I mean, wouldn't okay. And I started thinking about this after I saw the clip from last Sunday. Of Jim Jacket off Jordan saying, well, I don't think there's anything we can really do to... Pre- well, how about every time a cop is involved in beating up a supposed perp or an accused or a defendant, how about, as a matter of course, we run a talk screen on them? Yes. Because, I mean, I know for a fact, it, it, it's it's old, old information, but I know for a fact that cops like their roids. We all know, that, I mean, people who are paying attention, we understand that. We understand. Every, every community in this country, small, large, medium, you know, especially the smaller ones, because there's not that many gyms. You see them out there, but they have their own little gyms where they hang out, just like this cop bars, these, you know, cop gyms. And if you know any anybody, they know they can go and get. Well, hell, meat. in some instances, in the in the departments themselves, they have weight rooms, so they don't have well, to go and they don't have to go and work out with the hoi polloi. Hmm. See, and that that is like if you ever been around anybody, and I have, I've, I've shot a roommate up with that stuff because he was trying to bulk up. 
And, you know, it's like having a sports car. You know, all right, there's only there's only so long you're going to cruise around town and not speed. You you want to use it. At some point, you want to see what you can do. So So maybe anyone who has any influence, maybe that could be some legislation that could be introduced. Um, even though I understand, I do understand law, law enforcement is very localized. And, um, but it, well, it, I mean, I wonder, I wonder ask. if, I wonder if a law like that, you know, how do you have any idea how much pushback there would be from the cop union? Well, fuck them. They're mad now because they can't openly bust people's heads open. They're on camera. They don't care. Fuck them. We need good policing. We don't need just anybody. See, we, there's a bunch of sociopaths running around enforcing our laws. Well, not now past the sociopath, I would suppose. Psychopaths. Some of them. Yeah. There's a lot of good law enforcement out here, but they're you know they're scared. They don't want to speak out because then they put themselves in danger. Well, then they they don't want to speak out because, and it's a it's a function of how human beings think. Someday it might be me, and I might be innocent. You know, you know how people say, oh, "I don't think taxes should go up because one of these days I might be rich." You don't it's want just, them taking our money. It's it's, right. it's the same phenomenon. We, look, something has to happen because people are just sick and tired, sick and tired, weary. We why are we the only large industrialized country? that deals with it on this level. Why do we have the cop problems that we have? And no, I'm no I'm not willing to, oh, you know, we've just got worse people. Really? Police states have police state violence. Oh, that's pretty good. Thank you. That is witty. That that is that is interesting. Mm, that's not a good thing because we're moving closer and closer to the full throttle police state now. Well, that's some of them, that's the goal of. I mean, look, you got to have a good you got to have a good uh, a good enforcer force if you're gonna ha if you're gonna have a good fascist takeover. Well, we're back to that. Well, you're on to something again. You, yep, yep, you're on the trail. And again, right. just because yeah. I'm in love, and just because I'm in love with words, again, the word fascist comes from the fascisti, the fasces, the rods and axes that were carried by literally the bully boys who protected Roman office holders. And the more powerful you were, the more gang members you got because they were gang members. It's not like the it's not like the young patriarchy was hired as lictors. That's what they were called, lictors, L I C T O R S. You know that. Mm. But they, they 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 were they were they were hired from the Sabura. They were hired from the, the from the uh, uh, the uh, the Collegia, um, you know, the Crossroads clubs, and they right. were brawlers. And so if you were Caesar, you had X number. 
if you were a layer a layer down, maybe you had two thirds X. If you were next layer, you had half X. Mm. And it was all about the acquisition of brute force. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just got a note from Clarence. Subject line: Clarence. Fil- Clarence. Philadelphia police brutality. Uh, Robin asked Todd if he remembers the Philadelphia Highway Patrol unit that terrorized the city of Philadelphia. The U.S. DOJ had to come in and shut that shit down. The nickname we gave them was Boot Kickers because of the Nazi-like boots that they wore. Yes. Yes. The I-95 corridor through on Erie Avenue, all the major avenues Oh, Frankfurt, Kensington. Shoot, Aramingo. You better watch it. Oh man, it was it's bad. Well see that's the thing. You got these these groups. There's always these gangs within the departments. But yeah, the, look, the thirty ninth was so bad, they, they got oh but but that's a different that's you talking about the highway patrol. Because, you know I mean when you leave neighborhoods like a lot of cities you gotta be on the highway. But they they you know they ride they ride in the hood. The hoods in the highway sometimes. It was bad. They oh they had these steel toe boots, man. You just stay out of their way. This this fuckers are huge. Like like them Jersey uh, state troopers with the little strap across. They hadn't changed since nineteen ten. Yeah, that that that's called a Sam Brown belt. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think you'll see them on uh, troopers in like Kentucky and Virginia too. Man, it's nice to hear from Clarence, even though I didn't hear his voice. That, that's, yeah, that was it was bad. Man. It, it, and, and I don't and see now now collectively law enforcement they seem a little irritated. They they're like on blue holiday, blue flu because they can't beat people's heads in as much anymore. Now they're letting loose again. Aw, damn. <laughs> you know. Oh. Right, they caught a sad. Shoot, man, I I don't even know. I don't know where to start because these these. I mean, it's, it's, you know, this is why you have a lot of people trying to rethink policing. What is this pushback on social services? Because most most people are decent. Most people are decent. You got. I mean, now I don't know what's going on now, though. I feel like an old man, but some of these young people are yeah out of control. They need, you know, they somebody needs to talk to them. That's what they need. They need somebody to talk to them. A lot of them been locked up already, and apparently, when when you're incarcerated in in county or state, a lot of these prison guards they they shouldn't be doing that type of work. You know, and they come out damaged. People come out damaged. Young people, they're all fucked up. It's it's just this whole thing is messed up. Brutality makes both the brutalizer and it it, it harms both the brutalizer and the brutalized. Hmm. There's a cost. Born by both. (laughs) Clarence, man, Clarence gave me some flashbacks. He knows what he's talking about now. I, just, I mean, there's a lot of there's a rot. There's, there's some rot, and they they will tell you, oh, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't 
beat you up today. I couldn't lock you up today. I'm sorry I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Ain't no protecting, sir. Remember, if you get arrested, you are guilty. I'm serious. Like, you're, you're innocent to proven guilty shit. That's, that's some Hollywood bullshit. Yeah, no, they only arrest the guilty ones. I've heard it. I've, I've heard cops say that. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, Randy Radar said a minute or two ago, this is the only program that clues you in on the way that police really behave. <laughs> well, I mean, we deal in facts here. And, well, I knew a bunch of cops once upon a time. Most of most of whom were Ooh. good, but it only takes yeah. a couple of bad ones. And the good cops are scared of the bad ones. Yeah, because they they'll fuck sense. them up too. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of a lot of people just want to go home after work. Just go home after work. You know, I. You know, I'm sorry you have, and then it's it's a problem. You look at how many of these people are beat their wives, and they have they have issues, other issues, and you know these unions. Is, there's a lot of things I think we can do to uh, improve the situation, but um, the first thing is to, is to change that. Don't ever utter defund the police. When no, 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 that's not working. Don't do that. Yeah, well, it just it just gives it gives the other side. A reason to bruga bruga, bargle bargle, warble whoosh, narf. Because I understand people were going for something bumper stickerable. Mm-hmm. But you don't, because it's not actually what you're asking for. You're asking, no. but but see, I'm gonna I'm gonna prove the I'm gonna prove the existence of the phrase by what I'm about to say because it's such a damn mouthful. There need to be other agencies capable of responding to a crisis that are not police. Yes. And yes, uh, you know, again, don't. Don't send somebody whose only training is in hurting people to help. Do you see the dick finger quotes? To help somebody who's in a mental health crisis. There's video that's an old video out there of a guy with a knife somewhere in the UK. And there are a bunch of, and, 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 and the police take him down. And manage not to murder him in the process. It, okay. it, it, it causes absolute spasms of consternation in Germany if a cop discharges his weapon at all. Well, and that's another good point. And it's exactly. treated as a failure of policing. Right. But the but the but the, but, the, but when we, when we start when we start down this road, Todd, we find ourselves constantly confounded by pre-existing dilemmas, like the fact that okay, let's give some let's let's make let's make conflict resolution a key component of 
training for social workers. Well, social workers aren't paid shit right now. A social worker in New York City is not hauling down 150k a year like an NYPD cop is. No. The, the lowest, the last I checked, the lowest paid degreed profession in this country is like master's degree level social worker. That's terrible. As in better off working at Taco Hell, money wise. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's who needs to be police. We need we need psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers. They're the ones who should be, you know, wearing the badge and the gun because they can figure stuff out. Like, hey, you know what? It look, looks like. Wait a minute. You keep grabbing your stomach. But let's you, let's let's okay? look at let's let me let's let's look at. Okay, let's say I'm. I don't know. Late for a meeting. And for some reason or another, maybe I've got some music on that I really like, and it just pumps me up or whatever. And so I'm running down a 65-mile-an-hour four-lane road here in West Virginia, and I'm doing 82. Do I really does, – does, does the state really need a guy with a gun, shotguns in the trunk, and a vicious dog in the car? To take to, to write a ticket to the lead foot trans woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'm suspiciously large and everything, but damn. Right, so that can be handled differently. You know, that that's a speeding violation. You know, and well, there is a, and there's a reputation in this country. Innocent people get a cop on their tail. And I'm talking about innocent white people, okay? I mean, I can't imagine what it is to be a person of color and know that you're completely innocent. But, you know, I had I had one tail me the other day. I was like, what am I doing wrong? Then it makes you drive funny when you see that. Sure. And there's an old cop tactic where they will run up on your bumper and back off and run up on your bumper and back off to try to get you to drive erratically and provide them with the probable cause that they want because they've just got a hankering to stop your ass. Maybe because of the defund the police bumper sticker on your car. I mean, that was being facetious, but... No, but there's a lot of moving parts here. You're right. Uh, you know, because frankly, you got the tag, you got the description that's on the radio. You know, they, if, if they pull off, you know who they are. If they don't, at least you can talk to them. Um, you know, I've gotten warnings. I don't know why, but I mean, I I've could, gotten- I could, I could be, I could be pulled over. I mean. There could be an APB go out for a, a, a zombie New York Yankees uh, baseball pitcher, and the next thing you know, uh, I'm getting pulled over because I'm whitey in a Ford. I mean, you know, sorry, went a long way for that. That wasn't that funny. No, what you're saying is that, that people, things happen, and things happen quickly. 
You know, I was actually. Yeah, they do. And and common sense goes out the window, but uh, I thought about Whitey Ford there because of the old joke. You know, remember the Al oh. Cowlings and the O.J. Simpson chase and everything? One of the early jokes was that uh, when the APB went out, they immediately drove to Denver and arrested uh, John Elway. <laughs> Wrong Whitey. Because the APB said to be on the lookout for a slow-moving white Bronco. <laughs> Some of those are just evergreen. Oh, that would be bad right now. That wouldn't be bad. It, you know, it, it is messed up. I, 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 we got to start somewhere, though. Some, something has to happen. Um, it, there's got to be some give here. Because, you know, we, we want the, our law enforcement to be able to do their job and not be scared. But, you know, if you're scared, well, maybe you don't need to be doing that type of work. Right. Or maybe or maybe you ought not be using the tactics that you're, you're unofficially taught, like having five guys giving five sets of orders and, and, and then using that as the excuse to say, well, he was resisting. I mean, so I mean, just try to uh, imagine this. Because, and I'm thinking about tactics that I've seen in civil disobedience events. You lay down and don't move, and then they put the zip ties on you and they haul you away. You know, catch and release because it's a protest. At least that's how it used to work. But in a situation like Tyree Nichols, if he had exited the vehicle and simply laid on the ground, they would have told him to get up. If he had sat on the ground, they would have told him to lay down on his face. If he laid down on his face, they would have told him to lay down on his back. And they were telling him all of those things at the same time, and it was it was... Intellectually impossible, A, existentially terrifying, but intellectually impossible to comply with all of those commands at the same time. It is meant to break your brain. Right. What do you say? What do you want me to do? Are you getting smart with me? No. You know what? When I when I encounter someone in, in law enforcement who who seems to be fair and and even keeled, I thank them. I, I say, you know, I wish I wish there were more folks like you. Yeah, thanks for being decent. Thanks for being decent. And I say, well, why do you say that? I said because you'd be. I hope you're not surprised. There's a lot. That, you know, a lot of times folks are not decent. Just reasonable. That's all we ask. You know, that's all we ask. We understand you're doing a dangerous job and there's all this other stuff going on. But Yeah, you know, so's working construction. Yeah. So's truck driving. Timber. So's truck driving. How many, you know, how, how many... How many how how many truck drivers playing bagpipes show up at the funeral for a guy whose rig went south on him, 
because it was improperly maintained by the company. Zero. Mm. Froze to death. Mm-mm-mm. Well, we we have to. Something has to happen. I hope I hope the uh, George Floyd reform bill gets through. I know it's not the proper name. No, and, and and there will be a Tyree Nichols bill accompanying it. Darlene in Connecticut just said, routine police toxicology and urine tests are brilliant if it can be policed properly. Oh, wait, they cover for one another when one or more commits a, a, a red rum of an innocent on the street. So it begs the question, what's a mere toxicology test? But it would be great to pose it as one of the many responses towards the solution and see how all those you-know-who-hates-a-bad-cop-the-most-a-good-cop proponents. Okay, good cops. You should all be thrilled at the suggestion for toxicology and urine tests on the men and women in blue. Why? Because it'll protect all of you good cops. I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt, but mm, don't think they'll see it that way, which will reveal their hypocrisy at least. Well, on on in that vein, why is it apparently, you know, you work at McDonald's or Burger King, you have to submit yourself. I don't understand that. You gotta, you you gotta, you gotta subject to a pee test to work at at, at Lowe's for God's sakes, you know, because well, Lowe's can be it can be <laughs> dangerous to work at Lowe's. And I'm not I'm not making sport of working at Lowe's. Shoot, I, no, 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 no! I want the person with the gun and the big stick. That's who. That's who. I, I mean, literally, they should be like judges because, in fact, they operate as judges. They operate I mean, as judge, jury, and executioner. A law unto themselves, almost like the Supreme Court. And that that we read my mind. So I'm thinking about. But okay, let's let's come up with another. What's the first thing? If there's a if there's a plane crash and the pilot survives, or even if the pilot doesn't, don't they immediately do tox? A tox screen? Oh, quick. Quick. Train derailment? What do we do with the engineer? Tox Whoa. screen. Quick. Yep. Why should cops be any different? Now, we need some data here. I don't know how long uh, a, a steroid injection remains traceable in the blood. I mean that's why that's why that's why pee testing people who want a job at the Rippy Mart for weed is so stupid because all that tells you is that somebody was in the proximity of inhalable weed within 28 days prior. Oh yeah, well, all that's about to change. It, it's it, all that's got to change because that means that means nothing. That's um, yeah, I mean, that doesn't even mean anything anymore. That, yeah. And they probably do. They probably do do random drug tests on cops, but they're not that random. And you generally, well, you get the idea. Yeah, I think they get a heads up. They get a heads up. And it, you know, and that's not a terrible thing. If you if you know you got a problem, if you, if you are, let's say. Uh, Using something as opposed to abusing it, and, and somebody lets you know, hey, you, you know, test is coming up, and you can't get yourself together, then you do have a problem. But you shouldn't be, you know, using steroids. Oh, God, old movie. Have you ever seen Harvey Keitel in The Bad Lieutenant? 
No, but I like Harvey Cattell. Tough movie. By the way, Clarence says 39th District. I remember two former officers from the 39th. One was called Batman and the other was called Chinaman. These guys would beat up and shake down with impunity. They ended up getting prosecuted and sent to prison. The late 70s and all the 80s were rough times. Oh, by the way, I cannot leave out the era of Frank Rizzo. Frank made an offer to the feds to send his police to Cuba to stand up against Castro. Philly PD was out of control for a long time. White or black, they were brutal. Same for the Chicago PD. Sooner or later, it's the same for every PD. There was a there was an, there was an old joke way back when, and I'm not making light, but the, the this was making the rounds, and and it was it was West Virginia State Troopers telling the joke. A guy's vacation cabin, which happens to be situated in a national forest, burns to the ground. The ATF comes in performs a six-month investigation, issues a report saying, we think a bear did it. And in the... Pro- in, in, oh, wait a minute. I'm fucking this up. Let me back up. So there's this, this... This guy has a vacation cabin in a national forest. The cabin gets ransacked. The FBI comes in, performs a three-month investigation, says we think it was a bear. The ATF comes in, manages to burn the cabin to the ground, and says it was a bear, and the bear died in the fire. <laughs> the West Virginia State Police go in in a two-hour investigation and come dra- and, and, and they, 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 they come out of the woods dragging a possum in handcuffs that's been beat all the fuck with screaming at the top of his lungs, I confess, I confess, I'm a bear. (laughs) But they used to make jokes about how brutal they were. You got to remember that the the origin of the West Virginia State Police was the West Virginia legislature coming up with a scheme to provide... Employment for out-of-work strike breakers, Baldwin Feltz thugs. The first members oh. of the West Virginia State Police were out-of-work mine guards. Damn. That's fucked up. They were real skullcrackers. That is fucked up. Mm. Mm. But that reminds me of the, of the big fat dude in Harlan county uh when he gets out of his pickup truck right and he's got his little pistol and, and everybody knows he's a murdering killer motherfucker and they see him get out of the truck and they scatter he's like yeah they know but what is the song that lady is an older lady and, and it, it was just it just took off who's side who side are you on sorry i just that Harlan County man, that movie you got to watch that. I have to watch that every uh, every once in a while. No, you mean Harlan County, USA? Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yep. That that woman who sung that song. 
who sang that song. Whose side are you on? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who sings it in Harlan County, USA. But I've heard. Is that the long movie? No, no, no. Well, I mean, there's, there's. It shows up in different films. Uh, I've heard it done by Natalie Merchant, formerly of Ten Thousand Maniacs. Mm-hmm. And sent shivers down my spine. It should. That's a powerful song. That's a powerful song. But, you know, I'm, I'm leaping back because I'm tangent, man. You know, I don't. I think this situation in Chicago, there's a place called, not long ago, Holman Square. Anybody can Google that. That was bad news. I mean, you talk about it. Oh, yeah, that, that was, uh, that was, that was a, that, that was a torture center. A torture center. They, they would take you to a to a black site. Chicago's spread out, man. That's the Midwest. It ain't like the East Coast where, you know. Everything's all crammed in together. Yeah, no, it's spread out. The further west you go, the streets are large, you know, everything's spread out. So you, you'd be in a, you know, you think nobody might find you. Nobody found them. They did that for a, a long time. Uh I don't even know. You, it's just a thing. You, you don't even have to do anything wrong. That's the, people got to remember, you, getting arrested don't mean shit. That just means you got arrested. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. But in the eyes of the public, it does. But, you know, you got to remember who's doing the arresting. And all the time, it ain't, it ain't, it's not legitimate a lot of times. But once, once you get arrested, don't, just don't say any. Don't say a damn thing. You can just be quiet. You are not obligated to speak to the police in any way, shape, form, or fashion under any circumstances. And don't do it. They'll make you comfortable. You want something to eat? Don't do it. I want my lawyer. That's all you have to say. A very calm voice. I would like. I want my lawyer. I want an attorney. Just sign this form, or you can go home. No, I want my attorney. Don't sign shit. I saw a meme the other day. Uh, let me see if I can find it. It's actually quite hap- uh, quite quite helpful. Uh, it came from the National Lawyers Guild, mm-hmm. which was founded by black lawyers when the American Bar Association was too racist to, you know, <laughs> uh, you know. And uh, remember McGruff the crime dog. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it, the the meme has McGruff in it, and it's boldly headlined, Never talk to the cops. One, contacted by the police, stop. Don't talk alone. Even nice cops are always gathering information to land on a charge, including people you care about. You are not required to speak with any law enforcement officer or agent. Two, cops are allowed to lie. It is legal for cops to lie about what the subject of their investigation is. Agencies at all levels and fre- uh, frequently share information with each other, and there are very few rules as to how cops can ask for that information. Three, call a lawyer instead. You have the right to consult an attorney before talking to law enforcement or deciding whether or not to talk to them. You have a right to have an attorney present even if you volunteer to do an interview. Four, need help? 
Your local National Lawyers Guild chapter can provide assistance in finding po- uh, political attorneys in your area. Reach out ahead of any attempts at re- repression and make a safety plan with trusted ones. Learn about histories of grand juries and political movements. Cops aren't your friend. Mm. It's not wrong. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. That's so sad. Because there, there is a lot of officer friendlies and, and, and all, you know, Miss Friendly's out there, Mrs. Miss, Miss, whatever. Um, just like, you know, even if, I, I'll never forget, there was a rainy, it was a rainy spring, cold, rainy spring afternoon, and I'm walking down. I'm in this neighborhood near where Ed Rendell lives. Okay. All right. And it goes from bad to good real quick in that area. But it's raining and it's just pouring down rain. And this this young cop, man, he pulls over. He says, you need help? I said, well, I'm just going to help my mom. She said, you called me. He said, her car broke down. It's not far. He said, you can get in, but you have to ride in the back because that's the rules. But I'll I'll take you down there. I said, you sure? He said, yeah, get in. And he was so nice. I'll never forget that. And um, he helped get the car together. There was something going on with her I don't know, electrical system. It was very wet that day. Or, uh, what is it, capacitor or something that wet. And uh, so, you know, we have to remember there is good. But, I, I, you know, it's they're making it hard. Like, they're making this shit very difficult. Yeah, well, the the... I have seen good good policing. I have, I mean, I, I just have. And I've seen it bad. And when it's bad, it's awful. And when it's good, you wish you could you you wish you could always think it was that way. Yeah. But. Uh, my, my my county sheriff's department is understaffed right now. Oh, great! And so they're actively advertising. Hey, you want to be a cop? Mm, bad move. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you should. Uh, blanket statement. I don't think you should be able to be a cop without a college degree. Hmm. Um. Just, well, I don't. I don't think you should be able to be a magistrate in the state of West Virginia without a law degree. There's one that fails every time it gets brought up. But the magistrate courts are the people's courts. Well, that means that... that? Well, it's supposed to be less formal... And not all hung up on rules and stuff, which is kind of antithetical to the whole idea of a you know court well, system. Well, it's all about rules. It's all about fucking rules in the law, you dummy. Not you, but I'm saying, good God. But the magistrate court system was a reform in this. Oh wait, in this state, the magistrate court system was a reform <laughs> from the prior justice of the peace system, <laughs> wherein I am not lying. 
the court clerk, if they were going to have a if they were going to have a trial in JP court, not lying, and it's a little tiny West Virginia county seat. The court clerk would take out oh sixty dollars, go down the stairs, round the corner, into the bar, and say, "All right, y'all, need a jury. Who's up for it?" And six drunken hands would go up, and they would each get their $10 and go and hear the case and come back down and get wasted. Err. Wasted err. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. No, we should be like that in Philly, man. They could go down to the corner bar. Shit. They could have 24-7 courts, man. They wouldn't have to worry about it. The system would be unclogged. Good God. <laughs> well, yeah. But the, the garbage in, garbage out, okay? I mean, the, qua- the, the, qua- the quality of your judicial process is not, is not optimized in that situation. Well, it's, it's about the process. Make it quick. Get, just move it on. Move it through. Here we go. Like cattle. Cattle through the chute. We got to go. Here let's, we go. Let's get this over with. That, ta- that, that keg's going to tap, and I... It's, <laughs> Come on, we got tap that, that new keg just came in. It's only a, it's a six tool. I got to get in there quick. New keg of Schlitz in there. <laughs> new keg of hams. New keg of Natty Bow. Oh God! Oh, I can't drink. I cannot even look. Black Label Natty Bow. Oh, Carling Black Label. Don't even. That was oh. my, that was my grandfather. That was my grandfather's beer of choice. Jesus. That must have been good at one point, but when I had it, the last time I had it was probably 30 years ago. It was just nasty as fuck. First beer I ever tasted, and I was pretty sure I was never going to like beer. <laughs> Bad. Oh, God. Jesus. Mm, cheap beer. Mm-hmm. And by, uh, by the way, Theo reminds me, um, um, which side are you on? I know it from Pete Seeger's repertoire. Mm. I'm wondering if that was a. I don't know now. I don't know who wrote it at all. Oh, it's a it's a know. it's a labor anthem. That's what I thought. But hmm, I you know what? It might have been. Oh God, this what is the name of this movie? There's a movie about. It's in Chicago. It's it's in Chicago. It's like uh, the the party for self defense and and some like like young yippies and hippies. They all got together because they were kind of living in the same neighborhood. You know, there was a lot of West Virginia represented. And in one of the meetings, every now and then they let us out of the hills and we get all over the place. Yeah. I mean, they were happy to be in the city. They were like, I ain't never going back over there. And, you know, they were done with West Virginia, man. They were, they were trying, you know, they were chilling. And they, they were trying to, you know, get together. I may, I might be mixing up my movies, but I can see this woman. She had the old-timey, like, 1960 uh, thick cat-eye glasses. And the, Personally, I love those. <laughs> You know exactly the ones. My that, driving glasses are as close as I can get to those. 
You're kidding me. No. I, oh, my. Well, All right, ho- like hold on. Ho- hold on here. Let's see. Let me fire the. Um, just because I, 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 I have this deep seated need to be believed. Um, uh oh. Do I have a witness? Yeah, so I'm sending this to your. Gmail, oh, to your Gmail okay. account. Okay. Alright. <clears throat> it just so happened that I took this photo today while I was traveling. Ah, damn it. There we go. Press the wrong button. There, it's gone now. It's off to you. By the way, we have a, we have a solution now from Irish Dave. Uh, Florence Reese wrote the song, Which Side Are You On?, during the violent conflict between miners and coal operators in Harlan County, Kentucky, in the early 1930s. Reese reportedly drafted the lyrics after her husband, a union organizer, narrowly avoided being captured by armed men hired by the coal company. See, that's one of the things that makes that makes the present political climate in West Virginia so absolutely sickening. Every one of those godforsaken Republicans, or the vast majority of them, that are sitting there in that legislature have great-grandparents who are rolling in their graves to know that everything they endured, they endured so some privileged little shitbeard Could be a, a, a could be a Republican. Can't you see him now? What in the hell are you doing, son? I did not. Go, I did not go down in that gassy damn hole and get black lung and die in misery so that you so that you could do this. But the problem is, the lines were never anywhere nearly as clear as what we want to think they were. Because people were people were struggling for their human rights in the in the labor movement here, and the mine wars that started in 1900 and went on and and uh, and, and you know Eastern Kentucky too. But those movements could be fractured in a minute, and that was always the problem. You know when the miners decided decided to march on Logan, the armed march on Logan. Mother Jones told him not to do it. And she had previously referred to those miners as her boys. And she loved them like her own. And she was at one point called the most dangerous woman in America. But when they said, well, we're going to get our guns and we're going to go and shoot us some Baldwin Feltz thugs and we're going to fight back and we're going to clean up Logan. She said, don't do it. You'll just give them an excuse to use bigger guns, more guns. And they yep. said, and that's when they turned on her, and they said, "Old lady, you don't know what you're talking about. You've lost your will to fight. You've lost your courage." If you have never read "Thunder in the Mountains" by Lon Savage, it is worth your time. I don't even know if it's legal to own in an anti-union state like South Carolina. Oh, probably not. What's the title again? Thunder in the Mountains. 
have to check that out. Shoot. Got access to your email? Um, I started getting back on the phone. Oh, I'm waiting for it to open up. Okay, here we go. That's my cat eyeglasses. Yeah, I need I need those. Eye- yeah, exactly. And I love that they've got those transitions lenses. <laughs> Imagine that me having transition lenses. Oh, wow. they're great. I have to. I, it's a different. I have to open up my other account. But it, yeah, that is um. Look. Transitions. You, know, you don't have to switch out the sunglasses and all that. It's just you know, it's easier. And I don't have time for all that. I really don't. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Thunder in the Mountains, The West Virginia Mine War, 1920 to 1921 by Lon Savage. Well. And it covers the West I, Virginia Mine Wars from 1920 to 21. Here we are. Oh, wow. Look at you. Oh, those are cool. <laughs> Aren't they fun? Hey, that's a nice coat. Oh, thanks. Warm, too. Shoot, that's all right. Oh, by the way, I had a note for you from Jude. Oh, what's up? Uh, Jude said, uh, uh, and, and there's a link, the below was a small paper pamphlet that Carol Taylor wrote back in 1985. She was the first African-American flight attendant and expanded her awareness her concerns for family and the wider community led her to set basic rules for our black sons and grandsons, etc., to help them survive. I had the honor to talk with her, thanking her for this. She was kind, reflective, and focused. I personally went through the pamphlet book with my grandsons in hopes of keeping them aware and alive. One of my grandsons I had shared this pamphlet with was killed in a hit and run. At the end of last November, the driver still has evaded the police. So here we are in 2023. And the murders continue. Mm, mm, mm. Well, that's that's sad. That is very sad. um, It's horrifying, and you wonder you wonder how much priority a hit and run gets. In Seattle, because, you know, there's another city with a problematic police department. Very problematic over the years. I don't understand it, because it, it looks like a seesaw. It's like the, the, the public has, you know, a lot of... They exert their power. They let folks know when they're fucking up, you know, the establishment. But then the police come back, and they, they say they reform, and then they fuck up. Then they got that big ass drug problem, and I, that's the thing now. I think because uh, this this fentanyl thing is, is ruining our country, and it's awful. Well, it is, but it's been ruining our country for. De- I mean, and, and that's not an excuse, but it's been ruining our country for decades. And like every other issue that they bring up, the Republicans were absolutely ignorant of it until Joe Biden got in office, hmm. or until that one in our White House. Ruined America with Chinese fentanyl from the bathtub. And I just get so sick of it. 
you know, the, the, the immigration crisis has dried up and disappeared. There's no talk about gas prices anymore because, well, the Republicans got the House. And they don't want that, you know, ixnay on the inflation, A. Eh? They might aimblay us, A. Eh? Mm. Which is where you know, the I'm blame squarely lies. I'm glad you brought that up because that, that's something that's been on my mind. Because um, most of the time, we, you know, we talk about social science things and, and, you know, that type of things of that nature. But, and not economics, you know, because. I have zero, and all I do is read about it. But there's a couple of things: the Social Security and the unemployment rate. I'd like to start with the unemployment rate because I want you to explain to me if I'm missing something here. As far as I understand it, most of our lives, if the unemployment rate was even five percent, anything below four and a half, that was pretty much you're, you're pretty much set. That was full employment, and now we're at three. I mean, everybody who can work, just about, people don't give a, I mean, come on, 3% unemployment, three and a half, what is it now, 3.2? Right. Full full employment, but full employment is a far different metric from pay equity. From living wage and pay equity. That's the right, exactly, exactly. So, and that, and these these issues are related because you're talking longevity here. So, when we hear about them, people talking, the people that we vote for, the people that are making decisions, when they talk about cutting um, entitlements, which means you're entitled to get it, it doesn't mean that you got your hand out. It means you paid into it. Right. It Why means it's yours. It means it's yours. I'm entitled to that dog because that's my motherfucking dog, bitch. Get the fuck back. And that dog will bite you. That dog will bite you. So, so why is it capped off at a mere a hundred? A lot of people make scrap the cap. Scrap the cap. Scrap the cap. God knows, man, Bernie's been so- screaming that at the top of his lungs for eons. You see. I feel, and that's the one thing, man. Bernie got all this respect. All out of those issues that Bernie brought up, now they're mainstream. Wages went up. You know, they laughed at him, but he, he got his fucking job done. Or part of And once again, I, I just have to share this along because uh, I saw this the other day, and it's like, really? Uh from the Department of Useless Activity in the United States Senate, and a bit of a subject change for us, you know that the you know that the latest right wing conniption is Joe Biden's going to take away our gas stoves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you've heard that right. Yes. Well, because of this pressing American problem that isn't a problem at all. Joe Manchin and, that's right, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, have co-sponsored a new bill in the new 90-state Senate that would keep the Consumer Product Safety Commission from banning American gas stoves and taking away our freedom. 
you you probably smirk at the idea of saying me ta- of me saying then taking away our freedom, but the name of the bill, the literal name of the bill, is the Gas Stove Protection and Freedom Act. Oh, good God! Now the fact of the matter is, these things, when you use, I mean, we're 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 foodies, okay? We like to cook, right? And I love yep. the fact that a gas cooktop. Wait a minute, let me stop you there, lady. I got to stop you because this is a very sore topic for me. This is a very sore topic because you will never see a fucking restaurant with no punk ass electric stove, unless it's, it's not a cooktop. Cooking. Not a cooktop, no. Now, no electric ovens. You're damn right, you will. Well, that's different. I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about for your for your fucking saute pan. No, 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 no. And for one yeah, precise just, reason. When it's on, it's on, and when it ain't, it ain't. That's what you need. If you want precision control of your saute or, God knows, your, uh, uh, you know, it, trying to make a decent roux with an electric stovetop right. is just an exercise in 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 anguish and frustration you know it can be done no it can be done but it's a hell of a lot easier if you've got a gas cooktop so this whole thing developed when uh, a member of the consumer product safety commission said that gas gas cooktops for consumer purposes, may be phased out in the future because the burning of the gas is not complete and it puts particulates into the air that are, curiously enough, bad for, among other things, among other people, little children who happen to live in homes that have gas cooktops. And the reason that they're dangerous right. is because of particulate right. matter. Well... And I have an argument when you're done. I have, I have, an, I have. It but lo and behold, here's Joe Manchin who has ignored, fuck, 15 years of evidence on the harm of particulates, airborne particulates, on people who live near mountaintop removal sites. And now he's going to ignore the science on the dangers of airborne particulates from gas stoves. That's a punk ass move. And so, at the at a hearing of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, which he chairs, <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing: they're not taking my gas stove out. My wife and I would both be upset. See. So I don't know what's next. Maybe the Joe Manchin, Rafaelito Cruz, the anointed booger eating future king of America. A gas stove in every American kitchen act to promote the economy. Well, that that is, I mean, I understand the environmental concerns, but I think you have to look at the bigger. Picture. I'm talking about a human health concern. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. But I mean, like, think of that. I mean, if you're concerned about particulates, you you're in the wrong. He's in the wrong neighborhood. You know, he's in the wrong well, that's the whole thing. He's, he's not concerned about particulates. He, he's ignored them for 15 years. No, he's not. 
And, and a lot of people who have gas stoves, they live in older houses, which are inherently drafty. So that can be factored in, maybe. But you have to take into account who we're talking about here. Do you remember, Todd, do you remember when Nike said that they were going to enter into a contractual arrangement with Colin Kaepernick? Right. Yeah, I do. And do you remember when all the good, God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, Gundamentalist, amosexual, Christian Republicans went out and set fire to their Nike shoes that they'd already paid $175 for <laughs> to own the libs. I, and do you remember yeah. when the Yeti Cooler Company, which is like the Maybach of coolers, I mean, you can go into a sporting goods store and find a $900 cooler. But do you know to the people who buy them? I don't know. I don't really. I, that's not my crowd. They, they're, that's that. You know. Well, that's not my crowd either. But do you remember when, uh, when the National Ruble, I mean uh, Rifle Association, when Yeti ended their partnership with them, and 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 good God fearing, upstanding, Bible believing, Christ centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, Christian Republicans filled their Yetis up that they'd paid nine hundred dollars for, filled them up with Tannerite, and blew them to Kingdom Come to up. own the libs. Remember that, Todd? Yep. I sure do. Yep. Well, here we are. It's 2023, and in order to own the libs, I'm not lying. In order to own the libs, again, the good God fear and upstanding Bible believing, Christ centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual Christian Republicans have taken to turning on their gas stoves and leaving them burn. Not, you know, not 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 cooking anything, just running it. They took into it. They took into it. That's some shit right there, nigga. You just eat it. Damn, you no, what? <laughs> you were down to the bar for the jury. <laughs> They've taken. They took it. To, I done took it to this beer, bitch. They can have my gas stove when they pry my natural gas with the unnatural odor and in it from my cold, dead fingers. <laughs> and Lee in New York just pointed out, <laughs> Ron DeSantis has given a tax incentive for people to buy gas stoves. Uh, <sighs> I'm not giving my fuck. Look, listen, that is just dumbass bullshit. I mean, we'll get there, but, um, you know, they have nothing else to talk about, for real. Oh, well, yeah, they do have other things to talk about, but uh, testicle-toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson stopped masturbating over the green M&M's boots long enough to feature the great gas stove controversy. Well, I, I think I think Tucker Carlson, and I'm gonna tell you, people like him. They listen to him, and his ilk, like uh, Sean Fannerty to Hannity, 
and and uh, I've I listened to Sean Hannity just to get just to see how fucked up this shit is. That fucker lies every two seconds. Well, that's that's a lie. He doesn't lie every two seconds, but um, he he will take a half truth, parse it out till it becomes like ten untruths. Uh, I, he gets under my skin. He he's that he's that frat. I don't know. He he just reminds me of that dickhead frat boy. Well, and I mean, this is. Uh, I was I was at CNN when he was on Crossfire. You're kidding? No, I I actually did the voiceover stuff tonight in the Crossfire. Your host, Tucker Carlson, and whomever. And I'm sitting there thinking, this little dweeb with a bow tie couldn't. Couldn't couldn't win couldn't win a fight with a wet paper bag, and this this guy is now, I mean, masculinity in this country has a problem. When the primary proponents for masculinity in this country are testicle toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson, and Josh Holland ass, and Matt Walsh. And little Benny Shapiro and Joe Rogaine, masculinity has a problem. By the way, bond uh, the bail has been denied again for uh, Andrew Taint in Romania. Uh, Taint good for him. <laughs> Taint 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 good to be you. But he's uh, he he's in in Romania, and they said no, he's a flight risk. We're going to let him stay here. Um, and his lawyer said, "Well, they own property in Romania. They have cars in Romania. He's not a flight risk." Now he's charged he and his brother with engaging in sex trafficking and producing uh, porn videos. That women didn't actually know that they were participating in, but he's not a flight risk. Uh, Never mind the fact that he's like, sitting there, sitting there on his jail cot, reading a copy of "How I Fled the United States" by Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. I know. Oh, I got to say a thank you, thank you to thank you Trevor for jumping in. That's huge. I, I, I appreciate it so much. Oh, you're uh, going to hear from me, yeah, Trevor. That's that's awesome. That actually got us down to 280 for tomorrow. That's absolutely thrilling. And then I got to note God, uh, I mean, this roller coaster ride. Jesus. And uh, lo and behold, Billable Rick has gotten another hole in one. In true Groundhog Day fashion, I scored a hole-in-one at my local golf course this morning. I damn near skipped my tee time on account of insomnia as that 6.40 a.m. tee time loomed as the 4 a.m. hour approached and I'd only gotten two hours of sleep. After trying unsuccessfully to fall back asleep, I decided not to get up and play golf. Or I decided to get up and play golf. It's a good thing I did. On the 83-yard hole number seven, I hit a high 60-degree wedge that landed about six inches below the hole and then bounced into the cup. Since this is the fourth hole-in-one that I've had in four years at my Shoal Canyon home course, and the first one since May of 2022 when I impressed and surprised character actor Brian George with an ace on hole 17, I'm starting to feel like a hole-in-one groundhog. 
Groups of golfers both behind me and in front of me saw the ace, or at least my reaction to it. So although I'm dead tired, I plan to celebrate the hole-in-one with some karaoke tonight at the Red Lion Tavern, which specializes in German beers. Yum. Try the Rauschbier. It's very good with, uh, like, smoked, smoked pork, pulled pork, that kind of thing. With my new girlfriend and any Facebook friends who take me up on my offer of free beer. Well, uh, cheers, enjoy, and four hole in ones. You, you know, you have to buy. You have to buy the whole clubhouse around. This is getting expensive. I'd go back to being a duffer available. Um, That's a huge. I, I, I'm trying to be quiet, but I was like, I was screaming and going, "Go, man, go!" I mean, seriously, that's a big. That is wow. The the, the whoo. He said a sixty degree wedge. Yeah. That, that's a lob. Man, that, I mean, that people, if you don't play golf, you don't know how hard it is. Just a hole in one is, is wow. Come on. you got to feel good about that shit. Oh, with, 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 a, with, a, with a wedge like that, he must have hit the hell out of it. Yeah. You know, it went up, hot, hot, man, it probably, what, 60 feet, 70 feet in the air, more than that? Well, he said it was an 83-yarder, and it landed six inches from the cup and bounced in. The divot yeah, must have been monumental. Cool. <laughs> the greens must have been downright squishy. Yeah. Oh, and we got a little pushback on electric cooktops coming from Tom and Sunny San Rafael. And oh. and I will I will grant I, I will grant the uh, yes. Uh, Tom says actually there are quite a few fine restaurants in the Bay Area that have switched to electric induction stoves because they heat faster, stop faster, and just plain cook better. They've come down and cost a lot, too, in the last few years. I love my induction cooktop. I love that so much. I, I prefer it to the regular electric stove we hear, we have here. It's just that there's only one burner. But the, the, what Tom says is true. They come to temperature wow. quickly, and they stop being hot, just done. And once you, once you get the hang of them, and there's not a lot of hang to get, they are an absolute joy to cook on. And you can, I, I, should, I stand corrected, I wasn't thinking about my induction cooktop. You can make a fine roux with an induction cooktop. But there's still rarefied air. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, well, I guess not. I don't know. I just... Oh, and God, Lee in New York reminding me of, because, you know, my brain was turned sideways by Warner Brothers cartoons. Gas stove outrage. They do not need to burn the gas. They can turn the oven on and maybe put their faces in the oven to be sure the flow is adequate. Who knows? Maybe they could light a match after a while to check that the gas flow is good. And, of course, there's a Bugs Bunny scene where Muggsy has <laughs> robbed the bank and just winds up in the little house where Bugs is. And the cops show up and they, hide me, hide me, you got to hide me. He goes, hide in here. Yep. Muggsy climbs in the stove. The cop, the cop comes in. He's a classic, you know, New York Irish cop. All right, rabbit, where is it? Where's Muggsy? We know he's in here. Well, he ain't in this here stove. No. Nah, if my good friend Muggsy was in here, would I turn on the gas? You might, rabbit. You might. Would I light a match and throw it in? Boom. All right, all right, Rabbit, you've convinced me. I'll look for Bugsy in the city. 
and, and the look on Muggsy's face when he gets out of the stove after the explosion. Well, All right, Rabbit, you've convinced me. I'll look for Muggsy in the city. And there we no. were talking about cops. Oh, is it Rocky? Yeah, okay, thank you. Love. It was Rocky. It was Clancy, uh, Officer Clancy. Thank you, Lee. Rocky hid in the stove. Officer Clancy was looking for Rocky. Rocky was James. Was supposed to be like James Cagney with with the hat. I think he was George Raft. You think? Okay, George Raft. George Raft. With with the cool gangster hat. Yes. Yup. Yup. I often confuse him with Ant Hill Harry, otherwise known as. uh, Baby, what? How many times have I had to tell you not to play with the dirty money? Whoops! I do believe I've forgotten my fudge. You know, there's a website out there with, with uh, band cartoons, club band cartoons. And a lot of it is the old Warner Brothers stuff that you won't see anymore. Oh, I think I have the clip. Hold on. I'm going to be Uh-oh. so happy if I have the clip. Your interns are something. Yeah, need to pay them more. Uh, oh, and I forgot! I forgot that Bugs does the sound effects for the cop car too. <laughs> oh, to keep him in the stove. Right, Muggsy, let me have it. Come, come! You heard what the boss said. Let me have it. Oh, uh, okay, but, uh... That's better. Gives him the gun. I let him have it, boss, just like you said. Get off! I guess I'll have to take care of that rabbit myself. Yeah, that's George Ray. That's George Ray. Sound effect. (laughs) All right, Clancy, take the boys and surround the house. Dude, you're right. Hide me, too! Hide me! <laughs> it's not fair! You gotta hide me, too! I must be dreaming. It couldn't be this easy. Okay, quick! Hide in here! Stuff his pants in the oven. <laughs> and then with the plunger. Now don't move until I tell you to. I just love it. <laughs> you hit the ball out. That was beautiful. Oh, I mean, the, how can you not with the gas stove thing? <laughs> it was the build-up. Like, Senator oh, Manchin, them, Senator Manchin, them things are dangerous. <laughs> Look what they did to Muggsy and Rocky. Oh, 
Yeah, baby-faced Finster oh. was the Finster. Hmm. And uh, Clancy had that raw accent. Oh, <laughs> fresh off the boat. And I they were over in Brooklyn. No, it, Bugs is clearly Brooklyn. He was identified yeah. as that Brooklyn-born rabbit. Yeah, back to the city. Remember, Brooklyn is south. They're, they're southerners. Really? Uh, oh, yeah, Brooklyn's at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, just had a contri- contribution from women standing in honor of Tyree's family's pain. Thank you. Thank you. And so now we're down to 270 for tomorrow, which is, well, stunning. Doesn't happen a lot. Well, that's a testament to the quality of your work. Ah. Uh, Twould be, ni- be nice, Rabbit. Twould be nice. By the way, I heard from uh, Darlene a little bit ago when we were talking about stoves. And I love how a hunk of metal that spits fire is being elevated to have more rights in this country than me, a woman. Oh, yeah, just give me more of that beautiful second-class citizenship. <laughs> Bring it on, right? <sighs> the Gas Stove wow. Freedom Act of 2023. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but but people but don't you love the concept? Don't you love the concept of you can have my natural gas when you pry it from my cold dead fingers? Yeah, boils they, gas they, laws enti- it boils gas laws are entirely lost upon them. It's it's entirely lost, but it's going to catch up with them because somebody's going to catch up with this and be like, you know, um, you just don't have a you don't have a program. You guys just don't have platforms. You know, what, what are you about? Y'all a mess. Are you, they, they are. I mean, like, literally, they, what is going on? They, they absolutely are a mess. And and they're not. I mean, we got, this is going to be interesting. Uh, Jim Short's trailer, you know, trailer woman. Trailer queen, know, yeah. They're, they're, they have positions of power now. You know, the, the, the dog caught the car. Like, what are they going to do with the car? Exactly. You're on the tiger. You've got it by the ears. Now what? We need to do something. I mean... Now's the time. Now is the time. And I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know though. I, I just, I'm thinking. I don't know who was on C-SPAN the other day, but I think maybe it's time for us to revisit. It might have been Meacham. I'm not sure, but it made it made me think about. Um, why we're called the representative democracy. Right, because it's and not real democracy. It's not. 
It's not, and it's a shame so many people still like are under that fallacy, you know, on the federal level. It is not one person, one vote. It is not, not, not. Get that out your head. No. Your vote counts on a local level, on a state level. It really counts. It really, really counts. Those little piddly ass elections, go vote. Because we need people. We need to groom people. We need to get people ready. Ready to, you know, debating and answering questions and such. So they're not all, you know, just like frightened when they're on stage. You know, because we, we have to be able to represent ourselves at this point. Because the rich have set them up, set themselves up. With that last, uh, that 20% tax cut that, <clears throat> that Trump gave to super wealthy, that's 20%. 20%. Who the fuck gets a 20% raise just overnight? Nice work if you can get it. That's the drain on the economy right there. And this price gouging. It's pure price gouging. This is the weirdest economy I've ever... I've been, you know, this is drain. How do we have unemployment this low? Inflation's high. People are still buying things. So where, where's the money going? It's something... Somehow the money's being... Well, look at this... <laughs> Um, didn't Amazon just do a humongous stock buyback in the middle of a shit ton of layoffs and then turn around and it's, I think after the buyback, their share price was up something like 19%. Man, I don't, that, that, that's not sustainable. Well, it's <laughs> sketchy as hell. Let's sketchy. And see, they're playing on the, and see, they're playing on our weakness in the fact that we print our own money. And these fuckers got to get over the fact that it doesn't the debt, the deficit. I mean, well, debt and deficit are different. We don't owe China any money. Get that through your fucking head. Right. We don't. No. So they we can, probably they can we probably got to trade. You know, they sell us more shit than we sell to them. Okay. Sure. But that doesn't mean yeah. that the economy is going to collapse. No, we're America. Why do you think people are crawling and scraping to get over here? That's that's the reason Putin hates Ukraine. Well, one of them. The other reason is the war and water port. But you know they're they're too Western, and he's he's crazy. But we have to. I, I, this is one time the CIA needs to step in and do what they've been doing, and and you know cu cultivate. Um. The Russians they need to do that from within. I know you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to kill people. I know that's wrong and all that shit. But uh, that fucker's got to go. That fucker's got to go because here we are now. Into it's winter time over there, right? It's not as bad as wars used to be over there, but still, when spring comes and and that muck, that muck is coming. Another two months, that muck will be there. It won't be no ground. People be slogging through that that muck, that quicksand, and so his own people, his own generals, have to just you know get rid of him. He has sucked. He and his little buddies have sucked all the money out of Russia. Oh, there's that's now there's still there's still there's still more to suck, and that's the problem. Well, there's more to suck, but my God, you got to stop him. I mean, a lot of it had to do with, with uh, not all kinds of oil, but sunflower oil. 
remember they they supply a lot of the Middle Eastern folk. You know, they fry a lot of falafel and they fry a lot of shit. They do. They need oil. They need cooking oil. And they come love me some falafel. Daggone right. That's some good shit. With some tzatziki. Hell yeah. Mm. Okay, I confess. Oh. I confess. Um, after all was said and done, I did have lunch in Charleston today. Oh, you went all the way over there, did you? I was down in Charleston for the hearing. Yeah, and uh, I, I had a, I had, a, I had a dozen, I had a do- dozen oysters on the half shell because happy hour. And the bill or regular? No, 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 just shucked oysters, raw and alive. Raw, okay. And uh, because the restaurant, I, I'm not into this cocktail sauce. I mean, cocktail sauce and horseradish. You know, if I don't have anything else, but just squeeze the lemon over those uh, over those those uh, exquisite little mollusks. And then this particular restaurant does a mignonette, and it's made with red wine, finely minced shallots, black pepper, and tarragon. And Put that on the oyster, down they go. Oh, so good, so good. I hadn't I hadn't had an oyster in ages. By the way, so I just it felt had, good to be in the big city. I, well, I mean, felt good to be in Charleston, I guess, and not exactly a big city. Uh, Charleston has seen better days. Uh, that doesn't sound good. Come on. Well, no, I mean it's it's just a fact, you know, with the loss of all the heavy industry. All the lawyers that needed all the clothing. You know. Charleston used to be kind of hip. Well, what's the alternative now in terms of city? I mean, Charleston's the biggest city in West Virginia, I think. The only city I, in West Virginia yeah. that's growing is Morgantown. Well, that's the college town. Though. Well, that's the university town, but it also happens to be a town with a uh, a, a human rights protection. Uh, ordinance. Well, that's that's where you need to be. Oh, I love me some Morgantown. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Dave number eleven just sent a note saying uh, Walter Becker's girlfriend. So I'm visualizing a cute little bunny with a fluffy white tail and long gray floppy ears who looks up at me and says, "Doc, don't you worry. All you got to do is hide in here. Check it out if you don't remember." I do, but I'm, no, I have, no, I'm gonna check it out again. Also, RIP Progressive Talk Station KGOE in Eureka, California. This station introduced us to you when you would sub for Malloy when he was terrestrial. It plays music for the dead Americans now, 24/7. The dead Americans. I can only I can only imagine which format that is. Actually, I don't want to imagine it, but thanks for that, Dave. All you got to do is hide in here. Uh, Todd, we're overtime. We got to get out of here. Uh, and uh, uh, Jude, Jude continues to hesitate to call in. She said, "I, I, I would, I, I would love to call in when you're both engaged. Your interchange is always perfectly alive and aligned, Robin. Oftentimes, I'm left unknowing as your subject flow evades me, but I'm still fed. I bet there are others who sense the same." Jude, I hope you're, <laughs> I hope you're not saying that I've gone off down a rabbit hole. Really, a rabbit hole. <laughs> It's largely incomprehensible, but yeah. Sorry, we went from gas stoves to 
Rocky and Muggsy. And boom. It's just how, like I've said a million times, you don't want to live in my mind. It's not a fun place sometimes. <clears throat> Todd, have yourself a good evening, my friend. Thank God knows you. it'll be barbecue season soon. And I gotta and I gotta go to uh, I gotta go to Food Line and get some more of that store brand bacon. Best there is. What is up? I don't understand that. I, I just I, I don't know who's making it for him, but it's good, and it doesn't cost good. near as much as the name brand. Isn't that crazy? Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you later. All right, you have a good night, Todd. See ya. Bye. All right. And so here, don't cut your own mic off, Robin. Here we are at the end of the program, and uh, wow, we've 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 it's been content rich. Um, and thanks so much for helping us be fully funded, partially into tomorrow. Thank you to Women Standing and Trevor and Stephen. Thank you so much. Thanks to all of our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. That means uh, well, there was some moderating going on in the chat room. I'm presuming that was... uh, Roger. Hey, good to see Texas T in the chat room. How are you? Good to see you there. Um, thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Remember, when you download the podcast, however you download it, wherever you download it, like it, subscribe, leave a comment, make Brother Deacon in the... Uh, Algorithms all happy, happy. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Over a year now. Please uh, stay safe. Get your booster while it's still free. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Wear those masks. Use your hand sanitizer. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet like Paul from Parts Unknown says. Well, of course, uh, if... uh, if some humongous walking forehead comes towards you babbling about how, of course it was a tit-for-tat, Ilhan Omar and Marginal Trailer Queen, well, avoid that dude like the plague. Because he is. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>